You're listening to the Hotard Huddle Podcast, presented by me, Michael Hotard. Check it out as we dive into sports, movies, music, TV, and more. This is the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Bring it in. It's time for the Hotard Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Hotard. Alongside me today is my buddy, Ross Coulon, who is an owner of of drop-in BMX skate shop. So uh, Ross and I met probably about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, uh, through a mutual friend. And uh, since then, we've sort of devolved into a friendship. And uh, one of the things, one of the conversations that you and I have had many of times, whether I'd come in to visit the shop, whatever the case may be, is just about business ownership, the day-to-day stuff. So we'll talk about the headaches of that. Um, but starting off, so the first question I'm I I find the most interesting about a business such as a skate shop is it's such a niche market. So what kind of what kind of led to the fruition of drop in and you opening that up? Cool. So first of all, thanks for having me and doing this. This is really cool. Um, definitely like you know, kind of telling the story about dropping, getting it out there. But to answer your question, um, I had always had a really big interest in BMX. Like my dad was real supportive of it growing up. I started riding a bike at a very early age. And, you know, just like most kids, you start putting a piece of wood on a brick and you start doing little jumps and you work your way up. And for me, I kind of just like enjoyed it so much that I never stopped. And um, I noticed that you know, at the time that I was planning to open the shop, there was a really huge void in a shop that carried stuff like this and really had an informed opinion about it in our area. So I kind of saw an opportunity and basically um, worked my butt off to put together a business plan, get a loan and make it happen. Dude, that's awesome. And, you know, one of the things I expected to hear, of course, is the backstory of, hey, I hopped on a bike the first time, loved it, and it just sort of devolved into something more. You and I, our generation, we grew up in a time where extreme sports were a very cool thing. The whole punk rock scene was huge for us. Uh, Tony Hawk, uh, the video games, the whole nine. It was There was this big culture behind it, and although I'm one of the many that probably fell out of that culture, mainly because, well... You've seen me play sports. You know it doesn't always look pretty. So imagine me strapped to a board or on a bike. It's the same concept, except it hurts when you fall. <laughs> but um, it's cool to see it. See someone I know kind of bring that culture back because, dude, it was such a big popular thing for us. Like I can reflect one time there was a guy down the street who used to always ride his skateboard out in his out in the street, and uh, another friend of mine was you know, staying at my house on this particular day and he goes riding down the street on his board and just goes talk to him. But the part of this story that I remember and why I think it had such a stranglehold on us as kids, you remember the Falcon three, I can only assume the Tony Hawk's board. Of course. So my buddy bought the Falcon three. And again, like I'm not a skateboarder by any stretch of the imagination. Like I could barely push and just coast on a skateboard, let alone Ollie do a kickflip, heel flip, whatever the case may be. But he comes to my house and he's got the, the Falcon three and dude, like I'm enamored with it. And I'm just like, Holy shit, dude, that's dope. So, um, 
it's just cool, like I said, kind of seeing that culture being brought back a little bit. Yeah, um, kind of like you said, during that time period, you know, early 2000s, you got names like Tony Hawk and Dave Mara, and they absolutely, like, you know, were cultural icons. They were, you know, basically uh, heroes of the sport, and kind of both of them uh, had repeated success in the X Games. They brought a lot of popularity and viewers that weren't previously interested in the sport to action sports and they kind of made it like wow like these guys are actually some of the most like impressive athletes in the world like what they do is crazy to think about like dave Merritt did a double backflip on a bike that was probably 35 pounds mm-hmm. you know and it was a calculated risk but also like nobody had thought that to be a realistic thing before he did it and uh Tony Hawk with the 900 yep. had that same moment. Everybody's seen that clip of him sticking the 900, riding it out. You know, it took multiple tries, but like when they did, like it didn't matter. Like, guess what? Like that was a world first and skateboarding will forever be changed because of that. So I think a lot of kids like saw that and were inspired by that to at least try their hand at getting into having a BMX bike, getting a good skateboard and having fun with it well dude one of the cool things about that that industry in particular i kind of mentioned the the music as a big influence you know punk rock being a big thing um the whole punk rock scene it was this rebellious anti-machine kind of kind of mantra and the cool part about it is it gave a lot of athletes who didn't get that that fair shake and maybe football baseball or basketball and out and that's what was cool about it is, okay, well, now they actually have uh, a launching point as an athlete and as a respected athlete, too. So that's one of the cool concepts about it. But Dave Mir is another name you mentioned. You know, again, video games. I still remember playing Dave Mir BMX, and I'm pretty sure I saw you have that game in your shop. Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of the all-time favorites. I love that game. But I mean, it, and it's cool. So, with with, and even speaking on this being brought back, one of the most interesting parts of this year's Olympics are the new sports added. One of which is skateboarding. So for the 2020 Summer Games, we're gonna see that back on the mainstream on the Olympics, which of course is one of the most watched broadcasts whenever it does come around every four years so i'm excited to see that when i saw skateboarding was on there you know that little fan of the tony hawk games and you know x games back in the day was like holy shit this is awesome yeah and it's cool because not only is uh skateboarding going to be in it but freestyle bmx will be featured in it for the first time so that's huge for both the sports and i'm excited to see how that goes now getting back to uh, I guess some of these icons, obviously Tony Hawk, Dave Mira, uh, maybe outside of the scope of those, the guys that everyone kind of knows. Who's some of the who's some of the talent you looked up to as a kid, and you just always kind of appreciated. Well, another hero that I would definitely have to mention would be Matt Hoffman. That guy's literally given everything for the sport. He's been through so many injuries. He still rides to this day. Um, dude's literally 50 years old and can still grind down handrails and ride vert ramps. So that's super inspiring. You know, think about like, wow, if I take care of my body and I'm smart with this, like I could actually participate in the sport for another 20 years if I wanted to, you know, and maybe not doing crazy stuff like he is, but just to show you that like 
kind of mind over matter and if you're passionate enough about a sport like you can really make it a lifetime thing well that's one of the things that you're constantly doing right now and you know whenever i text you because we play you know i play flag with ross every sunday and there's there's weeks he's like nah man go ahead to baton rouge i'm gonna go ride in this event so i guess talk a little bit about that you know is obviously that's a great way to not only get your name out there but your brand name up there would drop in so just talk about some of those events why it's important to you to go and even just talk about the element of fun and joy that you get from it being you know older person still kind of grinding it out on the uh on good old bmx man yeah so i try to ride like minimum three times a week and it's kind of like if i don't do that i feel lazy and i feel like i'm missing like part of my favorite part of the week it's somewhat like a therapy to me to be able to just get on my bike and ride and you know it's an individualistic sport you can do it when you want for as long as you want how you want there's no set rules about it and that's one of the things that made me always like continue to want to ride bmx is when i was a kid i would play football basketball baseball and some days it'd be like all right we got to go to football practice at four o'clock and it's like well i just got this new playstation game i don't even feel like going today and it's like well you signed up my parents never let me quit anything so i was like all right whatever um but bmx you know is so much more about like this is a sport for me and it like you said before you know a lot of people who maybe didn't have the best uh, hand with football and basketball if they weren't like huge in stature or like the strongest person like could get really good on a bike or a skateboard and get that sense of personal achievement you know learning new tricks and it's on you you know it's a hundred percent up to you how far you go with it the time you put into it you're gonna get better with it like any sport but um and I mean you talk about going to events and stuff that's some of the most rewarding things that I do at the shop is like if we have a contest or a skate park jam um that's just something to get younger kids out riding with the older guys who maybe they look up to because they're better riders and it's really just a fun opportunity to kind of get everyone out doing something good and that's really one thing that i've noticed like since i've done the shop we host these events and like a lot of times we've done it at the Kinner Skate Park. We've done things at Parasite. We've done things at the Chalmette Skate Park. We've done things in Baton Rouge with the Breck Skate Park. Um, it's really a good crowd of people that are into this sport. Like for a long time, kind of you go back to how you were talking about like skate and BMX was influenced by punk rock. And uh, you kind of had some kids that were maybe, you know, labeled as like troubled kids or whatever, get into the sport. And, you know, every sport has their bad apples and there's still some kids that are, you know, sketchy characters who are involved in those sports. But like for the most part, man, the people who are actually out there riding and skating and progressing, um, they kind of act as a community within themselves. You know, the older guys help the younger guys and they progress and they learn to love the sport more. And it's really cool to see. Well, and I think every every sport, every industry does at some point or another just kind of get that reputation of being, oh, he's a skater punk. He's he's going to do anything he can just to go against the grain and kind of playing off of that point. It's obviously in pop culture, it's a it's a stigma that got embraced to the tenfold, uh, you know, when you're talking about the influence of music and stuff like that. But, you know... As far as the troublesome aspect of it and kids being troubled, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're doing something that 
is productive, which of course skating is. It it's a sport, and like you said, it's that sense of personal achievement. If you dedicate your time to something, chances are it's going to lead you to being out of trouble more than it will get you into it. Now, of Absolutely. course, of course, you have influence of certain crowds, which that's in any industry. But it's always funny though because one of the cool parts about it, like you said, is that personal achievement. There is no, you know, we play football on Sundays if. You know, you're playing a zone coverage in football or you're shooting a basketball. You can always be like, oh, well, the pass wasn't great. Or, oh, well, that guy busted his coverage. That's why I did this. X led to Y led to Z. In individual sports, whether it's, you know, anything related to BMX, skateboarding, even tennis, if you're playing singles, just those individual sports, that's always the cool part about it is no matter what happens, the situation is always 110% on you. So, and I guess for someone like you, whenever you do kind of hit that new trick or you hit that personal achievement that you were looking to do, I mean, that's that's fulfilling to no end, I'm sure, just because, again, it's all on you. It's all something that you work toward. Yeah, that's something that, like, it's really hard to put into words how much it means when you get a good like video clip or even an edit, you know, like I've done a few YouTube edits um, and Instagram's a huge like motivator because you can, it's really cool to look back and see like, wow, I remember that day this took 23 tries and you know, so much effort, so much time put into it. Like the filmer did his job, got it perfect. Like, Right now, I'm really fortunate to have two guys who are always willing to help me out with filming content for the shop. Um, shout out to Neil and Corey. Those guys <laughs> have really like stepped up and helped uh, put out some great content for the shop, for the YouTube channel, for the Instagram. And I think that's like one of the coolest things is to not only do the sport because we enjoy doing it, but also like put content out there and say like, "Hey, look, like we're not." you know, just trying to make a buck off of selling bikes. Like we really do this every weekend actively, you know, and I'm doing my best to support the guys who are really serious in the sport and our state and are really getting good and making a name for themselves in BMX and skateboarding. So, um, to be able to do that's really cool. Well, just from a, just from a business and ethical standpoint too, you talk about an industry like skating, you know, Obviously, you know that I I have a marketing company, and one of the best parts about business is having those relationships and those strong bonds like uh, your buddies Neil and Corey that you just mentioned, because at the end of the day, you, you want to succeed for one another, and there's just that piggybacking aspect, and it's not the mooching aspect. There's a very fine line there, and it's always cool when you kind of have that group of people who can always come together. You just kind of do it for one another, as cliche as it sounds, but I'm sure that's one of the things that you've learned having having the the drop-in or having drop-in as your business because, you know, you know at the end of the day, these people that you're partnered up with, uh, whether it's, you know, content producers like those guys or whether it's uh, talent as far as skaters and um, people who ride BMX, things like that. The more you take care of them, at the end of the day, they're going to take care of you in the long run, and that's that's always a cool feeling to have. Yeah, yeah. The like local BMX and skate community has been like 
really supportive of it so i'm super grateful for that you know it's a lot of the guys that i would be hanging out with anyway just through our like mutual interest in the sport but like having the shop definitely gives a little added motivation to not only meet up and ride and get better with riding but to film and make that content and do the events because that's when it's like my some of my favorite days like doing anything involved with drop-in is when we do a jam at the skate park we get 50 to 60 kids out there and 15 to 20 of them are really good friends who we ride with maybe every other weekend or a couple times a month and then the majority of them are kids who are new to the sport just getting into it just seeing like real good riding for the first time and like it means a lot to us but you cannot put into words what it means to them you know like i remember the first time i went to the dirt jumps um behind the levee in harahan and i saw people like really doing big tricks on big dirt jumps i was just in shock and awe i was like wow like people really do that that's incredible and then kind of had that same moment again when i went to the skate park growing up like fast lane and then it became rampage ram park and then the compound but it was all the same facility same building like the impact that that place had on me and my interest in riding like you can't replace those memories and it definitely like shaped my teenage years and really had a huge influence well it's different too when you're seeing it on tv or even if you go to an x games event and see a tony hawk of course that's a surreal moment but i think it really hits home that it could be you one day whenever you do see someone local doing these things like you mentioned because i i think the first time you had mentioned uh you had an event it was right outside the 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 shop at the little skate park in kenner that you've talked about thus far you know that's one of the cool things i guess is you have that skate park literally four minutes from your door so um you know i guess getting out there in the community and you when you get those 50 to 60 kids show up you know what was the i guess what was the first event you did that you had a big turnout and you were just like all right well this is pretty cool like these little kids are who i was you know 15 20 years ago yeah, so the first one that I can remember is we did a contest at that Kenner Park. Um, it was like the shop opened December 2017. This was probably February 2018, so just a few months later. And we did like two different age classes. We had like a junior and then like an open division. And then we did it for BMX and skate. So that really drew like a good turnout. And I was like, wow, like this is really cool. Like we have a scene of kids who are interested in this, you know, uh, even more so than the ones that we were just seeing at the park every weekend. Like you got some younger riders, you got some teenage riders, you got some parents that support this. Like this is really cool to see. And um, I've tried to do various events and stuff as much as we can since then. And uh, I look forward to doing more of them because they're really just a blast for everybody involved. Do you uh are you surprised at all by the by the market that is down here? Was was that kind of a shock to you or is that something you kind of had a good pulse on just from being involved in the, with it since you were a kid? So I don't want to put out the idea that there's like a big scene in this because compared to other sports, compared to the amount of kids that play basketball and football, there is absolutely not. Like yeah. it, it is still a small it's a very niche market within a relatively small city considering like 
you look at the amount of people that ride BMX and skateboard in a town like Austin, Texas and Los Angeles, and it's like, wow. They have these meetups where they'll do like a street session, and it might be, in, in California, they literally might get 150 to 200 kids riding BMX bikes in one day, and it's like, that's pretty crazy. Like, if we get 50, we're good. But like, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, like now within probably an hour and 20 minute radius driving wise there's like six public skate parks you can go to so it's so much more accessible than it was when i was that age like when i was you know 10 to 16 years old um there was one skate park that was it it was fast lane or rampage you know it was a park on the west bank and it was pretty small but it was an indoor park and you could go even on rainy days and ride and that's where i learned so much and met a lot of the people who i still ride with today but now like kids can go to a park in chalmette there's one in homa there's one in hammond uh there's one in kenner they got parasite so these parks are popping up more and more, and that just allows for more kids to be introduced to the sport at a younger age, which is good for growth. And the scene is getting stronger and stronger as these kids grow up with access to the skate park. So that's really cool to see. Now, it mentioning the skate parks from when we were younger, you know, being outside of the loop of this market, so to speak, the only one that I can remember was was the little small park they had at franco's across the lake the little or i don't it's like a it's a gym it's like a big box gym but it's got the pool it's got the whole nine uh a fitness facility basically that's the only one that i can ever remember seeing as a kid but um you know i one of the things that you do and you do well and again you already kind of alluded to who's helping you with that and uh and your buddies but social media and YouTube, things like that, you know, one of the things that I've always kind of commended you as far as your page goes, your content's fantastic. It's for someone like me to be intrigued by it and actually pay attention to it, watch it. And of course, as your friend, I probably would do that anyway, but (laughs) there's also, there's also that fine line of, okay, I'm just watching this to to be a friend or I'm watching this because I'm genuinely interested and it's more the latter. So, um, I guess talk about kind of the influence that your social media page has had on bringing you new business and just those different aspects of what, what the exposure has done for you. Well, first of all, I appreciate that because we definitely put in a good amount of effort to keeping up on Instagram and Facebook, especially. Um, but a huge reason for why we do that is because if you think about like the relevant market of people we're trying to reach, like all these kids that are into BMX and skating are on Instagram and Facebook anyway because they're you know following pros, they're seeing the trends of skateboarding and BMX and kind of what's going on with the sport. Like those social media outlets have helped the sport grow so much because when you can see what the pros are doing and these events and coverage and riding from places where you might not have even known that people skate in South Africa or Colombia or ride in those countries from like Central America, it's like really cool because you can, you know, search hashtag BMX and they have clips from all over the world. People are riding in Russia, Central America, Australians are ridiculously good. They have huge skate parks down there. So um, it's worldwide, you know, and like that's the beautiful thing about social media is it's at our fingertips. Like 
uh, websites like rbmx.com and Thrasher Magazine are really, really good about filtering through all the new content and um, putting out the latest and greatest BMX and skate videos uh, on their sites and on their YouTube channels. So that just makes... It puts BMX and skateboard in the eyes of so many more people, which is really helping keep the sports alive today and grow stronger, you know? Well... One of the interesting parts of BMX and skateboarding is if any industry were to have a, a quality concept of video marketing, I feel like it would be that industry simply because you saw this reference in the Tony Hawk games, but one of the big things that gets skaters noticed, at least back in the day, hey, send in a VHS of your demo reel, basically. You know, that that's... Sponsor me, tape. Exactly. Sponsor me. So... It, it, and that's what's cool about the social media aspect of it. It bridges all these gaps. You know, you talk about this being a worldwide industry from Colombia to to Africa to Australia. And that's the beauty of social is being able to bridge that gap because the more exposure you get in the more places, the more it's going to obviously impact and influence. And, you know, I, I guess for... For you, who's someone that you follow pretty religiously on social media as far as talent or um, pages that you like as far as BMX or skateboarding go? Um, there's two that come to mind. Uh, one of them is my good friend who's from just down the street, uh, Brock Rayford. He is uh, just a really awesome person. He's a really cool dude to talk to, but I mean, as far as like street riding goes, and that's like, you know, a certain discipline of freestyle BMX. Like he's definitely one of the top pros in the sport today, like worldwide. Like dude is amazing. He's just got like really good style, like really impressive, like bunny hops. Like dude can jump up anything. He's got all the tricks. He can ride everything. Um, so definitely I kind of be sure to watch all the new content that comes out from him. Um, and we're like, really serious about supporting everything that he does as far as getting signature products because he's got parts through odyssey that we sell through the shop he just got on sunday for his frame sponsor so he's somebody that's like it's really cool to see somebody come from a place like dasherhan louisiana and make it to i mean he's moved to california since but like he had to take that leap and kind of do that so i admire him for doing that and he's an awesome person that we follow for that but then uh, another person I would mention that I'm always looking at their content is Logan Martin. This guy is just a ridiculously consistent park rider. And um, look out for him in the Olympics because if he's healthy, he's going to be hard to beat. And that dude is – he has a really, really nice setup in his backyard. Um, it's basically a training facility, and he's always posting incredible videos of some really amazing park riding. So those two – are definitely huge for BMX. Now, talking about the impact of the sport from a physical standpoint, because while I'm thinking about this, and I, and I this is something I wanted to bring up whenever you know I had asked you to be on the podcast. So a couple of weeks ago, um, we again Ross and I played flag football on Sundays a lot, and we were texting the next day, and uh, you you had hit me up, and you were like well, shit, I'm sore for the first time ever because you had done a, you had either gone to ride with a couple of people or you did an event. But um, 
you know, talk about the strain or the the physical prowess it takes to be able to ride BMX because I think that's a very undervalued aspect of BMX because I can tell you right now, I haven't ridden a bike very much in the last 10 years, but I was riding, I had started riding one on the levee and dude, after about a mile, I'm like, holy shit, I don't have the cardio for this anymore. I used to ride bikes all day, every day as a kid, and now I'm older, and it was just like, oh shit. So I can't imagine, and that's just cruise riding. That's not incorporating you going up, or going down rails, going up ramps, things like that. So just talk about kind of that physical prowess and what it takes to physically ride a damn BMX bike. <laughs> So the sport is super demanding, as skateboarding is too. You know, like um, I've definitely busted my ass on a skateboard and a bike many times. Like, believe me, when I was 16 through 18, I put my mom through some crap because I was literally on crutches like three summers in a row. Like, I broke my foot, I broke my leg, um, I've torn my ACL, knocked myself out, I busted my chin open, I've separated my shoulder. Like, when you hear that list, people are like, what is wrong with you? You're freaking crazy. <laughs> but like, honestly, you got to think like I've been doing the sport for literally almost 20 years now. And obviously like I'm no professional or anything, but when you think about in comparison to how rare it is for an adult person to just fall on the ground, it's like, wow, like I'll be ready for when I'm old because I'm used to falling on the ground five, six times in a weekend, you know? And like, trust me, you do learn what not to do um, you learn how to fall, how mm-hmm. to minimize getting hurt. You know, you, you have to basically become like a cat where you always land on your feet and you're super nimble and you can roll out of things. And bailing is like half the battle. When you learn how to do that good, it takes a lot of the risk out of it because it's like, okay, even if this goes wrong, I've been in the situation countless times. I know what to do. And that's kind of the difference of like pros who can do it for 15, 20 years. They, see that longevity because they figure out how to fall and they take care of their bodies and it's more than just like getting good at riding and figuring out how to fall like a lot of the pros who are like at the top tier of riding they also are people who take stretching very seriously they have a good diet like just like any other sport you know the ones who are really pushing it um they take care of their bodies and it's super strenuous, so you can't not if you want to do that into your 30s and 40-year-old range. Like That's very important because these sports will beat you up no matter how good you are. Well, you mentioned falling at a certain age, and you can attest to this. When we play flag on Sundays, someone falls out there. Most of us are holding our breath, hoping that person gets up. Because, I mean, we're a bunch of past our prime. A lot of us are not in the best shape, and, you know, you hit the ground shit hurts now man like i fall on the ground it's gonna take me until next tuesday to get up but um yeah and you know talking about the impact and brutality i guess of the sport itself you know one of the videos i i saw y'all doing and y'all might still be doing it's the crash of the week you know where y'all just throw something out there where someone falls and every time i watch it's like a bad train wreck i want to stop watching because every like i was it scarred on mtv do you remember that show oh yeah that show was rough yeah it's it's exactly that same concept of i shouldn't be looking at this but i'm not turning away i'm fixated and then when the fall does happen you're just like fuck why did i watch that yeah yeah some of those were brutal and like really hurt to look at and like 
I gotta say, like, you know, knock on wood, I've been fortunate, all things considered. Um, you know, some of those freak injuries on there are just like terrible. And like, you know, you do get people who make it in this sport for a little while and they might get sponsored and they might be filming and they might have an injury where it completely changes the dynamic of them being able to ride at that level and put out content. So, you know, there are people who get back injuries where they have to stop riding or leg injuries where they can't take that impact of jumping down stuff and skateboarding. It happens a lot in skateboarding. You got to think about how hard that is on your feet, your ankles, your knees. Like it's a, you know, one of the downsides of the sport is that it is a risky activity and it's demanding on the body. So you got to take it seriously. But what I tell everybody is like, you know, whether you're, 20 and you're trying to get very serious with bmx or you're 35 and you want to just get a bike to cruise again like the cool thing is you can enjoy the sport at your own limit right mm-hmm. like you know what you can do what you can't do what might be a crazy risk which you should be trying and if you're smart about like minimizing that risk and you know doing it to the level that you can comfortably come back and do it again weekend after week because like that's ultimately the goal is to continue to do it, mm. progress with it, get more comfortable on your bike or skateboard and enjoy it. You know, not everybody's going to turn into a Naja Houston. Even if you do this for 20 years, you can devote your whole life to this sport and never get nearly as good. Millions of people do it. Some people were just naturally, I don't want to say born to do it because they worked so hard to get to that point. It's thousands of hours of skating to master it to that point. But, um, well, it's it's not lot. for everybody. Yeah, I mean, just like anything, it's a lot of luck. It's a lot of skill. It's a lot of the pieces just kind of falling in the right spots. But you mentioned being able to do this till, you know, X, however old you get, whether it's 35, whether it's 20, it doesn't matter. And, you know, you talk about understanding your limits. That's something... Because even for me, you know I'm active. You know I play basketball, flag football. I play most sports in at any given notice just because it's what I love to do. It's a great stress reliever for me, which you mentioned, you know, BMX and skateboarding is for you. And referring back to the knowing your limits aspect, it's funny because one of the the constant things that I'll get from people who just kind of lose that activity is, oh my God, you're still doing that? Like, why? You're going to get hurt. I'm like, I'm not playing in leagues. Like, we play flag on Sundays. It's rare someone gets hurt, or seriously hurt, I should say. And, you know, with this basketball league I play in, I mean, dude, it's a glorified 40-year-old league for (laughs) 20-year-olds. It's it's legitimately the step before you get to old man status. But, you know, you talk about knowing your limits, and I think that's a huge, huge factor in not just BMX, but anything physical that you may be doing, even just going to lift weights in the gym you know you see you hear people get hurt because they went in there they tried to do too much weight and it's like yeah dude i'm good with the 15s you can make fun of me all you want but this is my lane and i'm staying in it exactly man and that applies to a lot of different disciplines in life look i've played most sports growing up granted like i stopped a lot of them by high school the only one i played through high school was lacrosse and even that like the men's league summer lacrosse games got to the point where i was like you know what dude like i'm not out here trying to freaking be paul rabel i'm not out here trying to like fight people that's a brutal fucking sport lacrosse is a tough ass sport i'll just say that like i 
have played a lot of sports, lacrosse might be the toughest sport I've ever played. Definitely, it was more hard on the body than football for me personally. Um, But I also didn't play linebacker or fullback, so I'm not bashing football in any way. I'm just saying that, um, you know, it's it's good for somebody to find a sport that they are like, okay, I'm going to do this at this level and I'm going to enjoy it and I'll be happy doing it. And if you're not, then like... If you're not getting paid for it also, like what's the point of risking an injury that will mess you up in other areas of your life? You know, like I don't want to play football against some dudes that are trying to relive their college days or never made it pro and they're getting super aggressive. Like the Sunday pickup games we play are pretty relaxed. It's competitive enough to where everyone's trying beer at (laughs) halftime. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's not, uh, you know, people trying to really get, physical or play stupid with each other because trust me i wouldn't stick around for that type of league but it's been fun because people try enough to the point where you're like legitimately running as fast as you can and your legs might be sore the week after or whatever but in all all honesty everyone knows win or lose you're out there to have fun and yeah that's and that also adds to the element of shit talk because one of the things that you and i do throughout the course of a game is just go back and forth at one another running our mouths but there's Never any love lost. There's never any animosity. It's, all right, cool, dude. Like, all right, you got me this week. Uh-huh. Fuck. All right, <laughs> next week, get ready. So, yeah. um, and th- and that's what's cool about it. And it's the same thing with this basketball league I'm in. So, you know, you talk about how you were playing in this lacrosse league during the summer and you were just like, yep, nope, too much. Well, basketball, I mentioned how I'm basically in the glorified 40 and over league for people that are under 40 basically what this league did was they come to me and our team was getting waxed in d minus leagues so they go all the way up i think to c um and then f league is literally for 40 and over so if your team is not over 40 you can't play in this league Mm. it's a very half court oriented game if you start running you're gonna smoke these teams so the guy, one of the directors of the league comes up. He's like, yeah, we're at another league. Because what would happen is in these D-minus leagues, there'd be three or four teams that were just really good on bad nights that still win by double digits. And then there was the bottom feeders, my teams. <laughs> and we had to play perfect ball in order to just be competitive. And now we've been doing this league for, I think, the past two or three seasons. And nearly every game is competitive. In the last two seasons... We're about 500 in record, and I think there's been one, maybe two blowouts in there, so it's been fun. But then you talk about the element of guys trying to relive their glory days. You know, in any sport, we, you know, you get to these D leagues, which I played in a couple of years back before I, you know, hurt my knee. And there were guys in that league who are just relentless just the dirty tactics to the point where you're worried about getting hurt in these games and i'm just like dude i'm not about this life i got into it with one guy after the game because i i started messing with him because he was talking shit playing like an asshole so he got really pissed off at the refs at one point during the game and i just went up to him like patted him on the stomach i was like dude it's okay there's more to life than basketball and that pissed him off it triggered him Ooh. and uh he was like, don't ever fucking touch me again, called me a faggot. I'm like, 
all right, whatever. So after the game was over, we wind up winning in a you know a close game, and I go up to him. I was like, dude, it's okay. And I did it again just to stoke the fire. And dude, this dude just went off the rails, and I'm just sitting back like. Must be tough to have your life, dude. I'm going home to a wife I love. I don't know what you got going on, but it must be miserable. So it's, you know, when you when you talk about team sports and that aspect of it, dude, you're always going to run into characters like that. That's why, again, the whole premise of what kind of sparked this discussion is just knowing the limitations, knowing when to call the quits, and knowing where to call the quits. And then tying it back to, like, why BMX and skate has always been, like, something I've been, like, super interested in is, like, the jock mentality is not really there. Yeah. Right? Like, if you're very, very good at BMX, you go to the skate park, and little kids are like, whoa, it's awesome. Like, you know, that's really cool. And some of the other riders might be like, dude, that was a good trick. That was sick. You know, they'll give you some, like, a little dap or whatever. And if you're, like, this cool guy who's, like, too cool to talk to anybody because of how good you are on a BMX bike, like, guess what, dude? Unless you're winning X Games medals and you're treating people like shit because of that, you're a loser. Well, and I was going to say, then the then the market of BMX is pretty much going to shit on you because they're very anti-bullying, very anti-nose-in-the-air kind of mentality. And that's that's what's so awesome about it is because, like, at the end of the day, like, we're all out here riding bikes or skateboarding. Like, it is still about having fun. And, like, you know, think of the movie Brink. We're soul skaters. <laughs> like, that's a goofy Disney reference, but, like, it's kind of true and it's kind of how it is because like there's different levels of riders and everyone rides a different way, but it's kind of like everyone against gravity and the yeah. odds of falling and busting your ass. So it's like if you see somebody at the skate park and they land a new trick that they've been trying 10, 15 times, it's a very natural reaction to be like, dude, I'm happy for you. That Absolutely. was awesome, you know? And if you're any way but like it's gonna be obvious because that's how myself and all the people I ride with really are. It's like, we're not out here trying to one-up each other and say, hey, dude, I can do this better than you. Like, more often than not, we're filming things together. Like, dude, you do this trick and I'll do that and back you up and we'll have a clip of both of us and it'll be sick, you know? Well, and if you run into that, I feel like, I mean, you, you've you known me long enough. You know I'm a big smart ass. If I was the type of person to go out to a skate park and someone did kind of have that attitude... Let's say they do a heel flip or a kick flip or something. They're like, oh, can you do that? Yeah, watch this. And then I just flip the board and step on it. Like, that's <laughs> the type of stupid shit I would do. But one of my favorite videos that went viral within the last year or two, there was a mom who brought her daughter to a skate park. And it was a bunch of preteens walking around. And naturally, you see preteens, you're like, Oh great, here we go. What stupidity are we going to have to deal with today? And it's just the it comes with the territory of the age. It's immaturity. But uh you know, the daughter goes out there and the mom was essentially like mortified to a certain degree cuz she's like, "Oh shit, like this is going to ruin it for my daughter." Um and her daughter was like 6, maybe. Mm -hmm. It was a young kid and she said she was having trouble on the board and then two or three of the guys came up, started helping her, and basically gave gave her daughter a lesson in riding and took the time, took the hour to spend with her. And it's just one of those cool cool stories that you, you hear and you're just like, all right, cool. Well, faith in humanity restored. Yeah, so, And it kind of alludes to what you're talking about with the market of 
of extreme sports in that it it's a tight knit community and if you want to be the black sheep you will be the black sheep and people will hate you yeah yeah um like one thing that i really enjoy doing is like i've worked a couple camps like i've worked at camp woodward which is like by far the best facility in the country to go for like training with these sports if you're like serious into it and they run a like great camp honestly like they always get pros there they have the best parks like it's really really fun and it's such a rewarding feeling to help a beginner intermediate rider like learn something new because of your tips you know and then similarly like if a parent brings kids to you for lessons it's really cool because it's like all right i'm gonna walk you through like safely getting your feet wet with this sport you Mm. know there's things that like a parent who doesn't do bmx or skateboarding may not know as like hey that's a really advanced thing i should not let my kid try that and you see some of that at the skate park like parents will drop a kid off at a skate park like it's a daycare leave them they have no clue what they're doing go to ride a bike into a quarter pipe that's six feet tall. And if you don't know how to drop in, that could be a bad trip to the emergency room. Like you can smash your head. Like there's things like anybody who's been into the sport will know from common sense. Like don't do that. Don't let your kid skateboard barefoot at the park. Don't let them wander around when you got guys who are hauling ass through here doing big stuff. Like now is not a good time for them to wander through the park, you know? Right. It's bad for the people participating in the sport, and it's bad for the kid because collisions are likely. A million things can go wrong. So there's a time and place to help like ease kids into it. And when you can take somebody to a park, you know, I usually do lessons in the morning because it's like, all right, there's no one else out here. We can kind of get out there, hit the course. I'll show you what we can do. We'll work on some of the basics. Tell you, hey, you're not ready for this, but let's do this. And you work on bike control. You work on, you know, and I've done it just for a moment here and there just teaching a kid like hey when you push a skateboard you know um you know keep your feet on the bolts keep your weight centered push with the back foot always have your front foot on the board just little things like that and it can help them so much and that can make it so much more intriguing or rewarding to them as opposed to if they get dropped off by their mom or their dad, have no clue, no introduction, no safety gear. They go to drop in, they bust their ass. They may never step on a bike or skateboard again. They might be terrified. Yeah, I mean, you're you're creating bad habits that could lead to traumatic experience, which could then lead to, okay, great, I'm never doing this again. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I completely 1,000% understand what you're saying. And, you know, I think it's cool that, you know, if, a parent were to come to you or anyone that you're friends with, you know, just take that person under your wing. That's awesome. Um, but getting back to, to drop in. So one of, one of the things that you and I had talked about, cause I had actually approached you about marketing about it, probably about a year ago, I would say. Mm-hmm. And you, one of the things that you were getting ready to do was launch the online side of things, start, trying to get your name out there just beyond Kenner, Louisiana or any part of Louisiana, it was, all right, well, let's try to dive into some other markets. So what's the, uh, what's the online presence been so far? Like, how's that been going? So we did a store through Shopify for a little while. We got a few orders on it, but it didn't really pick up much traction outside of the local people that would probably be buying from us anyway. Um, I am running a online store actively right now. It's 
drop in BMX and skate. Um, that's squaresite.com because we're just we're set up with our point of sale stuff through Square anyway. So that kind of just makes it really easy for us to integrate it, and we're not spending a whole lot on the site because I am trying to do majority of my business at the shop. You know, that's a lot easier thing for me to manage and kind of troubleshoot you know if you bring a bike into the shop well i can have the tools there to fix it i can recommend parts i can do a lot more things than just you ordering online and saying hey i need this this and this and i'm gonna put it together myself like that's cool 100 percent if you want to do that and learn how to work on your bike but there's other websites that we would never be able to keep up with as far as the inventory and the shipping deals and stuff to so that's not really my market and what i'm gonna really primarily focus on going forward like you know i have a lot of the shop goods on the online store like the long sleeve t-shirts the hats the beanies stuff that like is unique to the shop and that's what i'm like gonna primarily try to keep on the site but i will have like occasional sales and special deals like um like a frame for example is a pretty specific item that like there's not that many retailers that will be selling that online. So if we get one that we've had a while or just want to put on the site just to create some buzz, I'll still do that from time to time. But my primary focus is getting people into the shop because that's where I feel like I can help them the best way right now. Well, insert plug here. So uh, if you're looking for for drop-in BMX skate shop, uh, it is located in Kenner. I don't know the address, but thank God address, Ross is here. <laughs> address is going to be 305 West Esplanade Avenue in Kenner, Louisiana. And uh, and it's right it's right off Loyola. You can't miss it. Um, as you're coming to, to approach the Walmart on Loyola, it's right off to the right. It's in that little strip mall, so can't miss it. But overall, man, um, you know, with – with the foot traffic in the store, one of the things that you and I always talked a lot about was when when you're kind of running your own business. I mean, it's a scary thing because on a whim, and I think you've gotten past that point. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but one of the conversations we used to have is, ah, there was always that worry of, you know, okay, am I going to have to shut the doors tomorrow? And with you having a, a physical location as opposed to the business I'm in, which is all digital, um, you know, talk about some of the day-to-day stresses with opening up drop-in. So there's challenges, you know, because one, there's a lot of uh, people coming in and saying, hey, if you had this, I would have got it. Or if you had this color, this size, and it's really hard to keep up with the constant, um, I guess, questions and customer activity because like, Perfect example is last week, dude wanted a pink chain and pink grips. Well, I ordered it for him. He no-showed, and that's just kind of the way it goes. Like, that's a very small purchase, so it's okay. Eventually, somebody will get those parts. If not, it's not a big deal. But guess what? You do that for two, three bikes that might be $450, $350, $600. Now you're looking at inventory that you could struggle to move, and that can make a month really hard for you. Another huge thing that I've had to be, like, super strategic about is this is a seasonal business right december is obviously going to be a huge month because people are getting bikes and skateboards for christmas but typically january february rolls around and things slow down so it's like planning through those slow periods and that's any retail store you know so that comes with the territory of having a physical shop like you said you're going to have overhead you're going to have expenses that aren't going to go away um but i feel like now i'm kind of to the point where i can notice trends stay up with 
keeping enough inventory on hand to service most people's needs right away. And then if somebody does want to order something specific, we just line it up and make it happen. So um, I don't operate a huge shop, so it's harder for a lot of shops than it is for me. Uh, you know, my shop's basically 800 square feet, so it's not like I can put 24 bikes on the floor. Yeah. You know, we might get 10 at a time, um, and that's when it's really full. So um, it's just kind of knowing your lane and knowing what you can do being strategic with it well the good thing too is and i mean kudos to you and the business because you you just recently celebrated your second year anniversary opening correct so you know now that you have two years of data so to speak you can look at those seasonal trends you can look and see and if there is a model of consistency uh, as far as what the market's telling you with with bmx and skating at least you now have sort of a a stranglehold on what you can expect. So that's always a good thing, too, because, I mean, obviously the cliche in business is, you know, most businesses fail within the first year, and yet here you are still going strong. So that's that's pretty dope, and uh, I hope it continues to go strong for you. Um, But before we wrap up, is there anything that you'd like to add uh, before we close it out here, man? Um. Come see us at Dropping BMX and Skate if you need anything. Um, I'm more than happy to answer questions. And um, I really am just trying to motivate kids who are into the sport to kind of dive into it and do it while you can. Enjoy it. Really have fun with it. Um, And even those who have maybe never tried it, you know, get a skateboard. Get a bike. You know, you won't regret getting outside and doing some physical activity. Hell no. Um I don't know any kid who's bought a BMX bike from me and was like, man, this was a terrible decision. I'm going to stay inside and keep playing video games all day. No, you don't do that. Like, I mean, some people could, but I don't know. To me, BMX and skateboarding, being involved with it has been so rewarding. I've met so many friends. I've traveled so many places to do the sport that, like, I wouldn't trade those memories for anything. So to be able to encourage kids to kind of get into it and hopefully go that same path and really progress with it for years and have fun with it is what it's all about and um yeah dude thank you for doing the podcast and it was fun hell yeah man and you know i tell all my guests this at the end but we'll we'll touch base probably in a couple of months once you come on you're always welcome to come back unless you piss me off which you haven't done so that's a good thing but um no man i appreciate you coming on and again uh this is my buddy ross Coolon with drop-in bmx and skate shop uh right there in the heart of kenner off of Loyola, um, or right near the Walmart. So if you have kids or if you're looking to get in BMX or skating, man, go see him. He'll take care of you and, uh, tell him I sent you and, uh, that should do the trick or he'll just tell you to fuck off and turn you away. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. He won't do that. But no, Ross, I appreciate you coming on, man. And, uh, as always honor the huddle. Thank you for tuning in to the Hotard Huddle Podcast. Stay up to date with all the latest episodes released on the 1st and 15th of every month at hotardhuddle.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Hotard Huddle.